Listener Production. Whether it's a smoothie at 7am, French toast at 4pm or a bacon and egg roll at midnight, this is the podcast for you. It's delicious. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, Matt, I think instead of being born in Warrnambool in 1988, if I'd been born in Perth, like this year, Alex Mm -hmm. Dyson would have been a completely different person. Why you would have starved to death at school because of all the things that they're cutting up the menus at canteens? Well, it's just I lived in like this body is built and fueled. Like the cells in my body <laughs> were once ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's amazing. Every day. The only difference was when I got to year 12 in the common room had a like a toasty machine, and then they were grilled ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> well, I'm looking at, so they're saying, like, there was a there, there is an article that's saying, you know, the ham and cheese sandwiches, they're a red food, uh, and you can only serve them every now and then at tuck shops, okay, because you previously they'd been amber or something like that, so you could serve them a couple of times a week. Right, so th- this might have been a beat up, as usual in the media, that the tuck shop's not going to sell them as frequently. I think that that is the case, So yes. if you're at home... And you're you're making your lunch at home. You can have put whatever you bloody like in it. Well, you, well, you'd hope so, okay? Because they're easy. They're like coming up with ideas. I'm like Belle does the the lunch every morning. It's so difficult to figure out what you're gonna what you're gonna do. And there's one there's one place in South Australia that's doing fairy bread. They're saying, well, fairy bread's off the menu at school lunches. Like, what are you? What, who is do people put fairy bread in school lunches? Fairy bread birthdays only, sure. That is, I've I've never seen that in a lunchbox. No, I mean I'm not judging. I just can't believe that I've never seen in all my school years. Never did yeah. I see someone whip out fairy bread for lunch. Mm. All right, but maybe maybe it's a thing. Uh, so, anyways, look, we are your hundreds and thousands um, for your taste buds this morning. We've got lots and lots of fun stuff to chat about. Yeah. And we, but we, let's not hold off, hey? Let's get the butter out. Let's get the sprinkles on. Let's munch us on down. This is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, Alex Dyson, do you want a hot take? Hang on. Just let me grab my oven mitts. Grab that. Put them on. That. Put my uh, apron. I've got my welding mask. I'll bring that down because I know this take is going to be piping. <laughs> All right. I think I'm ready to go. Hit me. Bro, we got to stop climbing Everest. Damn. We just got to stop it. Put a ban on it. I mean. You were all in- about the bloody juiced up Olympics. That's true. The drug games. You were like, let's see what we can do here, people. So why not let these people jump, you know, climb up in the lack of oxygen world? Because Do you know what's happening? Okay, one, have you seen pictures of the, of the rubbish that oh, they disgusting. leave at camps? Absolutely disgusting. But it's yeah. not even just the rubbish. They're now reporting that climbers absolutely need to start bringing their poo back. Oh, boy. Okay, because people haven't been doing that. Yeah. So thousands of people are climbing Mount Everest, right? They go up there. Because of how cold it is, the poo doesn't bite, doesn't you know ah, degrade. Yeah, just freezes. So it just it just for exactly. Yeah. And so you've got these just logs that are just sitting there from God knows when. You know how? Who knows how old those pieces of pea and carrot are? You need to treat it like your, you know your your pets at home. Pick up after your rat dog. 
Exactly. Um, he's going up Everest. And I up Kilimanjaro. I had Did you have to my, do it? My stomach started turning. I'm not sure if it was the altitude or what, <laughs> but it was pretty, because I'm pretty good. When I go camping, you know, this could be too much information for you <laughs> listening here. So, there's something that kicks in, in my brain and body. Three, four days. I'm, I'm good. Don't yeah, totally. To. I don't know what it is. Is there a certain thing with humans that you could, you can just know it's like, I'm not going to be comfortable here. I'm just going to stretch this out a bit longer than necessary. They say when you're pregnant, you're, mm. you know, you won't give birth unless you feel mm. comfortable, unless you feel safe. Well, it's very much the same sensation for me. <laughs> and it, does, it doesn't hurt or anything. It's just like, it just, it's, it's just part of, part of life. So I remember the first five days of Kilimanjaro, I was fine. Ended up going on about day, like day five. Great. And I had to go the next day because we were summiting and oh, I had to stand off the side. That was awful. Oh, well, you just did an open air But one. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't the time. Yeah. You don't get, you know, they don't give you the bag and say, here, clean up after yourself. Well, that's it. You've just got it. So what did you do? What did you wipe with? Well, had a bit of paper, you know, oh, use, God. you carry it in your pack for these situations and you exactly. do the little berry, you borrow, mm. borrow the little trowel and away you go. Well, that's what they're saying, because usually people are doing it in the ice, or they dig up the snow, and then they do it there. But mm. as the snow gets a bit less and less towards mm. the top, apparently, they've got to just oh. do it on the open rock. As if global warming wasn't troubling enough <laughs> when it comes to the rising sea levels and the carbon in the atmosphere and the increased weather events. Now they're going to be unearthed a bunch of turds on Everest! <laughs> just as it melts away! Just the defrosting. Oh, no. A global defrost. <laughs> I mean, you imagine the flies up there. So they're going to have to bring them back. They've been given bags. They have to bring home their bits. Good. Well, just wear the, wear the adult nappies. Do that. If you need to, yeah. Do whatever you need to do. Just stop doing it on Everest. Or make Everest more difficult to get up to. Or just make it easier and put a few public toilets there. Because once it's up there, you know, and I'm, I'm no plumber. All right. I'm no plumber. But what if you chuck a toilet up there, you just have a pipe. It's all gravity. It just goes down the pipe. Just down do, the hill. Get, get the get the poo toboggan. All right? A little slide that goes from the top. Just the poop chute. You Are know you, what I mean? What you're describing is very close to a pushy train. <laughs> the pushy train. You do not want to eat the brown plates. <laughs> but, but a little slide. It's like those canisters they used to send each other at the supermarket, you know? Oh, the post office that fly around the pipe. Yeah, they fly up. Yeah. You can just, just put one at the top and then it goes all the way down like mm. a little toboggan. Yeah. See, Anyways. there you go, world. Matt and Alex once again solving your problems. Solving your problems. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. Matt, what's the opposite of a shark? A gnat. <laughs> G-N-A-T. I wouldn't even know what they look like, but I know, aren't they annoying little things? Um, a gnat. Okay, we'll go with the gnat, like it's a tiny land-dwelling insect. insect. Yeah. All right, good. Um, all right, what's the oh my God. opposite? Hold on. I think we've got an infestation of these in my house. Got a gnat infestation. I've seen a lot of these things on my windowsill, I'm pretty sure. 
I got copped an infestation of crickets at the train station yesterday. Oh, bro. God, they were just chirping. It was like a bloody O'Kind comedy show there. The amount of crickets that were bloody <laughs> flying about. What <laughs> landed on my head? <laughs> but um, right, we've got a nap. What's the opposite of uh, like a tank, as in like a fish tank? Oh, okay. Um, the opposite is would be a bowl. I mean, it's a... I wouldn't be the opposite. It would be like a concave dome, probably. Yeah, okay, a dome. Fine, a dome. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you, let me guess. You're going to pitch a show that is the opposite of Shark Tank, a.k.a. Nat Dome. Hit the music. It's Nat Dome. <laughs> Nat. Nat. <laughs> because usually on Shark Tank, I could have gone the opposite of Dragon's Den, which, of course, would be... Oh, um, goldfish's cloud. <laughs> Welcome to the Nats Dome or the goldfish cloud, because in those shows, Dragon's Den, Shark Tank, it's sort of like business people or people have started something pitching to like rich people to help them do it, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to do the opposite. I mean, one... I'm not rich, but two, I want to pitch someone an idea who could potentially do it. I'm pitching them an idea and then they can go and they can do and do it. Okay. So what's the idea? Well, you know how I said the other day, um, I wanted some hairdressers. Yeah. Cause you were having trouble finding a hairdresser. I understand that. I mean, I went to the Barber Academy <laughs> in uh, Brisbane's Wool and Gabba where I paid a clean $25 to have a apprentice. <laughs> Absolutely destroy my hair. No, I'm joking. Well, it was really good. It was a really good. Well, you had an issue with that, you know. You had to go there. Bron had a bit of an issue, uh, haircut issue. Yes, I'm still not happy with it. I think yeah, I might have solved right. the haircut game, but I need need to talk to a hairdresser to figure out whether it's even viable. Um, should I pitch it to you first, then we see run it past the hairdresser, or should we call the hairdresser now? No, let's let's go past the hairdresser now. All this talk is making me want to get a haircut. I'm, I'm going to go back to the academy tomorrow. All right, well, let's I am. do it. Nat. 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 <laughs> Entering the Nat Dome, it is DJ from Perth. G'day, DJ. G'day, mate. How are you? Good. Now you've got a bit of a history of hairdressing. Can you tell us your, your little credentials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I started hairdressing like every good hairdresser does, dropping out of high school at 16. Right. <laughs> and um, pretty much I've been doing it ever since. I worked in a salon for eight years and then went out on my own and started my own little business. Ooh, Ooh, so you're okay. experienced in starting your own hairdresser's business. Yeah, yeah. Building up from friends and family, word of mouth, and mm. going from there. Where, where's your business located, DJ? Um, it was out of, I uh, had a little train carriage that we renovated, uh, but we since sold the house, so now I am mobile. So wait, 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 wait. You had a house, and yep. on that house there was a little train carriage. Yeah, we bought one. We bought one and renovated it into a little barbershop. How much does a train carriage cost? Uh, I think we picked it up for about two grand. What? That sounds yeah. okay. Real little Perth treasure. Was it a caboose? Uh, it was. They called it a dancing Charlie because they kept on falling off the tracks. <laughs> a dancing Charlie. I want a two thousand dollar dancing Charlie. So they say we need to get this thing on on dry land, basically. <laughs> um, I, I really I want one of these. Two grand. You could. I mean, you could solve the bloody housing crisis with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we absolutely gutted it and fixed it all back up, but initially, absolutely. Now, talk to me about this this business being mobile. What, yes. What, what's the go there? Uh, well, 
during COVID, we thought it'd be a great time to sell our place. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did. We moved in with the in-laws and um, I figured, well, rather than people coming to us, I might as well just get out of the house and go and see the friends and family and catch up with all the customers there. DJ, this is incredible because this is somewhat of the idea that I was pitching Ooh. here in this Shark Tank Dragon's Den Nat Dome type situation. <laughs> Bring okay. it on. If you're in Perth and you're looking it up, yeah. what, what what's your uh, hairdressing business called? Uh, running with scissors. Running with scissors. I mean, that's pretty Love good. Love it. Love it. Yeah. It's not Jeez. bad. It's almost like yeah. you've been doing this for a long time, DJ. <laughs> that is great. And so you just roll around. What? What? You don't take the, the train carriage around to the houses. What no, do you, what do you no, roll no, around no, to no, people's just, joints just with? Just in the mighty ute. Just in the mighty ute. And then um, no, just pull up one on the dining table chairs and wait, wait, have wait, 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 DJ. I got to ask. What? I, I don't. I don't. I don't see the ute as being a hairdresser's vehicle. What? What? Are you, what's the justification for the big tray there? Um, I am a panel beater as well, so... Oh, okay. Yes, okay. yes. Trady by day, hairdresser by night. Right, oh. all right. Get a is man this, Is there anything this both. man... <laughs> yeah, exactly. DJ, all righty. Are you chopping the boys' hair on the, you know, the girls' hairs on on uh, site? Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, you got to look after the boys. Okay, this is... I'm liking this more and more. What sort of overheads are we looking at? Fuel? Yep. Yep. That's it? Yeah, that's oh. it. Right. Yep. <laughs> well, how much is a pair of how much does a pair of the good scissors cost? Uh, my best pair was six hundred bucks. Wow. Japanese steel hairdressers. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, scissors. Do you I remember having the Shintoku knife set one time? <laughs> wow, you could you could give someone a good undercut with this. But Ooh, um listen. Yeah. All right. Here's the pitch you for your DJ. Like all good ideas, I start with the name first, and then you mm. branch out from there. But do you like do you like ice cream, DJ? I love me some ice cream. You, are you ever walking along the street and you hear the sweet, sweet sounds of green sleeves? Do 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 do. And you think, oh my god, there's an ice cream it in the area. Up. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mr. Whippy's on his way. Mm. Yeah. Imagine a portable hairdressing business in a van that could do exactly what you do, DJ, come to their house. It's not a bad idea. And serves ice cream. Not only that, you don't have to book them, come to the house. You could be going along and they're playing a bit of methyl ethyl, good WA band. Oh, Little, why you, you have to go and cut your hair? Cut, you might have to buy the rights to it to play it, wear <laughs> it out of your van, but there. All right. By the name, Mr. Snippy. Oh. oh, yeah, okay. How would you like your yeah. ice cream? Cut or cone? <laughs> that see, you can get is there, both. Is there something in that, DJ? I reckon there is, man. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. I don't want to be in competition with you, mate, so I'm happy for you to get on board in the in the early early days. The spontaneous cut. Just someone... A spontaneous I mean, cut. I mean, you, everyone's like, you, you procrastinate for weeks. It's like, oh, my God, I need a haircut at some point. Imagine if you were thinking that. You're just walking yeah. down the street. You hear the music. You go, oh, this is Mr. Snippy's <laughs> driving past. Hey, yeah. wave him down. Drips. Up for a cut. Down we go. Yeah, drips and clips. Drips. Yeah, there we go. Clips. You can you yeah. can deck out the back of the van with everything you needed. Right, That's get it. him in the van. Do it on the outside if it's a nice day. I mean, what do you think? Okay. 
I reckon it sounds ripper. Just don't mind the hair and the ice cream. Other than that, you're you laughing. <laughs> a few, a few strays. Oh, okay, in this instance, they're not also selling ice cream, can I say. It's just haircuts. Oh, I thought that they were selling ice cream. You get beers in the barbershop. Why not get ice cream? But Yeah, exactly. Ice cream, ice cream. There's no reason you couldn't do an ice cream as well. <laughs> That's right. You get a free one with every cut. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Like so you can sit down and eat your ice cream yeah. while someone cuts your hair. What oh, more do you want in I life? Mean, how about that? All right. How much does that ice cream van cost? All right, DJ. Uh, we'll, we'll take this conversation off air. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> see what we can see what we can do. But if you'd like to be involved in a Mr. Snippy franchise, please get in touch with the pod, Alex. I've trademarked the name. And um, oh, you know away what? we go. If you've got an ice cream van, get in touch. Yeah. All right, if you got an ice cream it. van that we can convert. Where do they get? I've never seen those vans do anything like just drive normally around the streets. You know, you sometimes see a yellow car and you go, well, that was a taxi once. I've never <laughs> seen an ex Mr. Whippy going around. Um, all right, let us know if you've got an ice cream truck. We'll get this started <laughs> at matt.n.alex. Hey, thank you, DJ. Keep on cutting. Thanks, boys. Have a good one. Matt. Nah. nah. And now it's time for... Mind Alone. That's right, the Fact Master General, Matt O'Kine, in the house. What has piqued your interest today, Matthew? Bro, I um, had one of those, like, the call is coming from inside the house moments the other day. Um, I mentioned that we had a little bit of a, some sort of gnat infestation in the house. I don't know what it was, okay? Okay. I don't know whether it was fruit flies. I don't know whether there was little, I don't know what they were. They were little flying things. And it wasn't a pet gnat like the kind of wine. No, 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 no. They don't survive long in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, still doing FebFast, still uh, off the booze for the month. But um, I I was looking, just walking past the window and I looked down on the windowsill. I was like, what are these little black dots? Hmm. And I looked down and then there was like hundreds of little, little fly things that had uh, died, yep. right? I was like, okay, that's a bit weird. And then no, near them, I noticed, oh, there's a little spider, tiny little baby spider. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then I noticed next to that, another tiny little baby spider. Alive. Are these two spiders alive? Yeah, these two are just crawling around. I'm, I'm guessing oh. they were just having the little sizzler buffet on oh. the uh, dead bugs that were on the windowsill. So then suddenly I was like, that's funny. Two little baby spiders. Look onto the other wall. Oh. There's another couple of little baby spiders. I look onto the roof. There's three baby spiders. <laughs> Suddenly in the lounge room, there's baby spiders on that wall. Then in the other living room, another baby spiders. And suddenly I realize, oh my God, they're yep. coming from for me. Uh, you are living within Shelob's lair. Yeah, that's it. They're not in my house. <laughs> oh, God's in theirs. That's what I realized. I was like, oh no. Yeah. And do you know if these were baby spiders or full-grown? Like, what size are they when they get no, fully No, th- they, they had to have been babies. So you didn't these... see daddy spider <laughs> or <not>. mama spider? <laughs> no, I did not. Which I believe in a lot of instances are the, the biggest of them all. But I'm sure that they saw me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh, well, they got enough eyes to do it. <laughs> they, 
They were looking at me from all angles, like bloody Mona Lisa. No matter where I stepped, I'm sure they had their eyes on me. So I'm freaking out here. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to do. We got some sort of infestation. I thought you'd be fine with spiders. You're no good with jellyfish, but I thought you were all right with spiders. Terrible with spiders. I hate them. I'm good with snakes because my next door neighbor used to mm. used to catch snakes. So I, can, I don't mind a snake. I'm not worried about a snake at all. It's the spiders. Yeah. All right. The more legs, that's what I get scared of. Don't even get me near a centipede. <laughs> all right. So I uh, thought I'd do a little bit of spider facts for you. Just right. a little So you went and did some research on spiders just to make sure you're all right. Well, I mean, really, I just Googled biggest spider in the world, which is... Oh, that's a Guinness World Record classic. Well, how, how big do you think it is? Size of a dinner plate. Goliath yeah. bird eater. 30 centimetres. Terraphosa blonda. Yeah, it, it's true. It is. It's the same. It's been around for ages, isn't it? Yeah. See, why haven't spiders gotten any bigger? <laughs> well, hold on. Nah, soz, mate. Same it's as if Goliath. you brought in a photo of the guy with the longest fingernails in the world. <laughs> Like, mate, we were looking through the Guinness World Records back in primary school at these things. We needed updated uh, blind-blowing facts, please. What if I talked about Robert Wadlow, the tallest man ever? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I went to the museum for him in Scotland. That was interesting. Yeah, all right. So there's a few things that we're lagging on, okay? AI's not helping us make any big things anymore. All right, fine. What's the biggest spider in the world? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, it's the, the, okay, just for anyone who didn't have a copy of the Guinness World Records growing up, it's the Goliath bird eater. It weighs up to 175 grams, okay, Mm -hmm. which with these days, you know, that's about the size of a big pack of chips. Won't be surprised if the Goliath bird eater next year is bloody 150 grams. Yeah, goodness. That's just going down and down, the old shrinkflation. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, you're right, a 30-centimeter leg span. Um, I mean, these things are huge. Could you imagine? Could mm. you imagine? But no, you don't care. All right, fair enough. Well, didn't, wasn't it for her video, uh, video clip, Billie Eilish put like a tarantula in her mouth and it crawled out? Was, was that I think that was just probably? a, I think that was video effects, right? I think she might have done it. A real one? Yeah, maybe. Billie Eilish really put spider in her mouth. Um, yes, she put a real tarantula in her mouth. There we go. Give me, the, give me the stuff, Bron. Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, apparently she has a pet tarantula. I think she put it in, in her mouth. All right, little dark cave there to crawl out of. Oh, that freaks me out. Uh, there's no way I would do that. <laughs> Absolutely none, Billy. Well, there you go. A couple of mind-blowing facts for you right there, but we also love receiving your mind-blowing facts. So get them through. Put them in a voice memo as well so we can hear your wonderful voice, matt.and.alex. This week's mind-blowing fact comes from Ashley. Hi, boys and Bron. I hopefully have a mind-blowing fact, or maybe it's just super interesting, but today I learned about elephant paths. And this is what the Dutch call paths that are created by humans instead of using the paths that have been paved and put in place for them. So if there's a staircase and a worn path next to it, um, the worn bit is called an elephant path. And in a lot of countries and places around the world, uh, universities and certain buildings don't 
put pathways down. They'll let humans interact with the space. And then after a year, they will pave where the humans have walked. So instead of creating a path for them, they've waited to see what the human behavior is and then laid the tracks. And I think that's awesome. Uh, hopefully Brisbane will do that for the streets surrounding Matt's house soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Actually, I'm glad that people are doing doing that. Like a new thing's built and they don't put any paths in because they just wait for people to walk places. And then it's like, well, that's obviously where we need a path. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, I reckon that's, I mean, I know what my mind's doing at that. Mind blown. Blown away. That's brilliant. And I tell you what, my dad, Ian Dyson, would just absolutely froth those kind of design things. Whenever, whenever we're someone who's like, well, that's a silly place to put a bollard. That'll <laughs> <laughs> trip people up. Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for the footpath to uh, open on my um, street. Maybe I need a couple more elephants. Really trod that mud down into the ground and make it clear. And these two big grey elephants are going to retire to their watering holes now uh, as we wrap up another episode of All Day Breakfast. Take the path least travelled and get on out of here. Yeah, we're going to be tooting our trunks again tomorrow. Same time, same place. That sounded more sexual than it was meant to. (laughs) Anyway, um, we're going to be here. So please join us. Uh, And in the meantime, get in touch with us at matt.n.alex on Instagram. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.n.alex. That was great, DJ. Thank you very much for chatting. What do you think? Some legs in it? Oh, mate, that's gold.